0: And welcome to the latest edition of the Forever Blue podcast. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. My name is Ian Cheeseman, and this programme is sponsored by Howard Solicitors in Stockwell, Ashton and Cheshire, who specialise in family law. So if you're going to go through a separation or having problems with access to your children or with social services, then you can give them a call on 0161 872 and then four nines, or you can email law at howardsolicitors.com. Um, great support from them, really appreciate it. And continuing thanks to CharlesLouis.co.uk, Chartered Mortgage Advisors, for their support as well. Now, uh, I've got two guests with me tonight um, in the, the wake of City's FA Cup semi-final defeat against Liverpool yesterday at Wembley. Obviously, we've got the uh, the draw and the progress the semi-finals of the Champions League to talk about uh, with that draw at Atletico Madrid. Um, And an FA Cup finalist for Manchester City joins us now, Dave Bennett, who, um, as I I probably mentioned when I had him on last time, one of my heroes, (laughs) love watching him play. And of course, had a brother called Gary as well, who's at at the club, made his name really at Sunderland. And, And I know, Dave, you played at Coventry in that FA Cup final and won the cup as well. So um, before we talk about the details of City, you're an FA Cup veteran. What, what, are your, what do you remember the FA
1: Cup? Well, it's, it's, it's one of the trophies that you want to play for. I was just uh, a bit upset with the way the league and, and uh, how they pro- uh, put that. Not first choice, because you know, it's, it's it used to be the last game of the season. It's not now. And I prioritised the European Cup and other Cups before because the way with clubs are now with Europe and the World Cup going on, the FA Cup is not as important. But in our day, that's what it's all about. All day was set up for an FA Cup. So I'm a bit disappointed by that. But at at the same time, I'm um, I'm obviously pleased that I've, I've won it and been involved in it. On the losing side and on the winning side. So uh, I would like to have seen that it was privatized as one of the main trophies again in more ways than one. But because of uh, the way they've done it with Wembley, now they're playing uh, the semi final there. It's not the occasion is not as good or, 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 or authentic as they say. So I'm a bit disappointed about that. But at the same time, you still want to win.
0: Pep, in his press conference before the game, was asked whether he was going to prioritise and whether or not his team selection would be affected by other matches coming up. In fact, he was asked that before last Saturday's game against Liverpool. He was uh, asked that question before the Atletico Madrid game, and he says, no, I pick my strongest team to win every game. His actions didn't suggest that, did they? I mean, he didn't pick his strongest team. Now, you can argue that's right or wrong, but what we can't argue is he didn't pick his strongest team, did he?
1: No, we know. We all know that. we had There were carrying injuries and uh, the selection, the way they played, everything about them, It weren't his strongest team. And he knew that and he, he's, he's prioritised the league. He's prioritised the European Cup as, a, as a, a, a trophy they want to win. I want them to win the league more than the European Cup. Because they'll get there sooner or later for the European Cup. I just don't... I just think that's more important to them that to prove that they're, they're, they are the best team in, 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 in England or in Europe winning the Cup. But obviously, the trophy that is missing is the European Cup. So people will say... They're going to say they're going to prioritise that. And uh, Liverpool will think, well, we don't want the European Cup. They want the league. So... Uh, it's a catch twenty two situation, but at the same time, this, you know, you should have put out a good team yesterday to uh, combat Liverpool. But Liverpool played well. Give them credit. Credit. Give, give credit due. They uh, locked onto it and seeing that we had a weak side out, and they uh, jumped in. And but we never acquitted ourselves very well, and we got what we're just rewards.
0: When we look back, Dave, on on what's happened this week, um, the hard-fought draw at Atletico Madrid, and there was all sorts of unsavoury stuff there. I mean, the home crowd booed the taking of the knee. There was some uh, chants, which I believe were quite foul-mouthed against Pep Guardiola because they don't see him as Spanish. And obviously, on the pitch, um, Diego Simeone's team sets out to intimidate you. You've probably played in games, I'm sure, where you've played against opposition who do that, you know, play that sort of very physical way and the dark arts, as they call it. Um, having come through that, um, what, do, you, do you see that as a convincing performance that now shows that City can go on and win this European Cup? Or was there any anxiety about the the fact there was only one goal in it and they, they just about hung on to get through? How, how, how would you analyse that?
1: I look at it in both ways, because they they're done well in the sense that they had to ungang hang on, and uh, what they, they was trucks out in the fouling and the kicking and everything about it, you know they're going to get that when they go to a, a team like that, so they, they knew what they were going to face, but they had to face it, and when someone starts, say, spitting your face and call you all kind of things, so you've got to keep your cool, then we, you know, we got a few injuries, which we didn't want to have injuries, and then we had to Hang on! In the end, that shows the character of the side and character of the team, and that's what he wants. And that it shows that the other side of the club that we can dig in, and that's what we're going to need. Maybe in games that we do uh, play this season, because I tell you what, the next six or seven eight games that we've played in the in in the Premiership, they're going to have to do that, and it might not work our way, but we might have to get win games nasty. Or win games dirty because we've got to get over the line, and that's what they try to do. And it's a good uh, factor in the sense that the 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 boys now are being men, or, or the men are trying to be better men in the sense that how they take care of him, look after him, look after the young lads, and take that. And and you get it in all sorts of like, a oh, love the 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 um, the racism thing. It's not nice. And the way they are and how they do it and, and, and whatever, it's not nice. And, and we don't like it, but we don't want to talk about that because that's taken away the, the way Man City performed and taken away the performance and how they held out to it, the goalkeeping, everything, and the players coming in somewhat to, 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 the, to the plate. And uh, let's enjoy that performance because it we did, we did well because it's a hard place to go and win.
0: Just one more question to you for now, Dave. The goalkeeper, Zach Stefan in the game yesterday has had a, a lot of criticism. I mean, my view is that as a goalkeeper, you know, if you make a mistake, it's highlighted and you get vilified for it. He obviously didn't make that mistake deliberately. He is a human being. Um, and I think that some of the criticism he's had, not all, but some of the criticism he's had has been a bit uncalled for. Um, what's your view? You know, as an ex-player, who will have had good times and bad times. Um, I'm biased. I only remember the good times that you had, Dave. But, you know, every player <laughs> has good and bad times. Um, how, how do you feel he's being treated? I don't know how much you've seen of the reaction to it, but, you know, he's suffered a lot of individual blame, hasn't he?
1: Yes. and the, Unfortunately, it's a time of the event of, of when he makes a mistake. If he made the fit mistake on the first goal, he might not have gotten as much uh, criticism because he's still got a chance of going in the game. But the way we were playing, and we weren't uh, doing that well. And then he makes a mistake and he gets it two, makes it two nil. It makes it uh, even harder. So it's going to be highlighted a little bit more. But he's gotta get confident from that. He's gotta sort his feet out. People gotta help him. We've got people get around him. His cause, it might be the making of him. Then it might not be. But you can understand it as, as a fan looking in, he, he makes a mistake like that. You think, oh, come on. You know, he's a professional, he should be doing better than that. He's had that all all the time in training, because that's what the train on is a thing that he looks at, get your feet right make sure you can kick it out, think positive. If if anything, you just come there, you just kick it out. And he's, he's made a mistake. Now, that's up to him now. That is up to him. He, 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 I, I'm sure he's got people around him to help him. But then he gets the next ball. That's It's all about him. That's his character. That's his style. That's, his, that's him. And then he comes into... Because I know Pep, we've got to chuck him in the big game sooner or later. And it's up to him how he handles it.
0: Let me bring in Tony Prescott now, who's my other guest on the podcast today. You've heard what Dave said. Um, as usual, a lot of sensible stuff. Um, how do you look back on on the two games that City have played? Uh, I know you weren't on the last podcast, but since the last podcast was recorded, City have played those two games. Ups and downs, the roller coaster of life of being a football fan, eh?
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought Dave made some uh, really good points. Um, I think with the Atletico Madrid game, um, I think um, you could see that obviously the, the the side that he picked was obviously his first choice side. You know to get a result there. What I found really interesting, I think they've sort of picked up on that, is is that is that kind of you know boys becoming men. What I found really interesting was was that we we probably have been criticised of not having that ability to stick, um, as it were, and, and to dig out results. Um, and I thought that uh, epitomised for me the way that, that that we've grown up as a team um, because I think, although Pep probably wouldn't admit it, we, we basically went there not to get beat, which I know is probably against what Pep saw. So Zila probably said to the players. I think Dave's been in changing rooms there where they said, look, we won't go and force an opportunity, but if one arises, then we'll take it. But what we'll make sure we do is we don't, we don't concede. And I think that that's how he kind of set his team up in regards to that. Now, the fact that Simeone decided to play the whole game in a 20-minute spell, um, and he's done that in games before, um, was probably to our to our benefit, ultimately. It was probably to our benefit because I think that if they maybe could, had have attacked us earlier on, it could have been a different story because they looked quite decent when they started attacking us. They had options there. So I, I think you, we've got to take the hats, we've got to take our hats off to the boys on, on Wednesday night. Um, and then we then obviously just go before into... You the,
0: move, just before you move on yeah, to the yeah, Liverpool yeah. game, one little thing I, I'm going to say, because I've been writing my, my weekly newspaper column, so it's sort of fresh in my mind, mm-hmm. is that I'm, I'm sat in the press box at Atletico Madrid because I'm, I'm working there. Obviously, I still did a Match Day vlog, which is on YouTube. But my main focus was on reporting on the game. So I had a clearer view than a lot of people. Because at the away end, you're behind a a net, a mesh net. Now, I've been behind one of them before. They do your eyes in. They drive you crazy. People paid 65, 70 quid, whatever it was in that end. And people who were in there, friends of mine, said that their eyes just kept focusing on the net. And it was hard to see through it. I hate that. Um, and it'll be like that at Real Madrid. So I had a better view where I was. And at the end of the game, City's players all went in a massive, very big huddle, congratulated each other. Un- understandable. No complaints about that. And then I'm looking up, up to my left-hand side and up in the top tier, a bit like Newcastle. The yeah. City fans were up there, about two, two and 2,500, whatever it was, all applauding. And by the way, um, very difficult trips to get there, which I'll tell you about more in a second. But uh-huh. I'll then look down at the players and fernandinho is virtually and it, well not virtually literally grabbing his teammates who were starting to head toward the tunnel and physically manhandling them and pushing them towards the away fans he must have done that to a wh- half a dozen of the city players before the then he then went a few yards into the half where the city fans were and waved before they went down the tunnel and i was a little bit Upset's probably too strong a word, but a little bit disappointed that that had to be forced so much, especially when I tell you this, you know, I met loads of City fans over there. Lovely place, Madrid. Recommend it to anybody. Typically, most of the people who went there did similar things to what I did. I flew from Manchester to Dublin and then four-hour stopover in Dublin, including going through security again and queuing for another hour outside the airport and then flying to Madrid. I came back via Mallorca uh, had a couple of hours in Mallorca, then the plane was delayed an hour and a half, get back at 1.30 in the morning, bus isn't there when, you, when, it, when you've got another half an hour sitting on the plane. That's what I went through and that's what other fans went through. They, they all went via somewhere because going direct from Manchester to Madrid, the prices were through the roof. Now, they might not know all that detail, but they must be aware, they must be made aware that City fans are going to a lot of trouble to support them shouldn't take the, the, the captain to manhandle players, to throw them towards that end, to thank them, should it?
2: Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I think that, that that should be a, a kind of a given there. I think that, you know, because we talk about the you know the fans being the 12th man um, and then suddenly in a situation like that. But uh, maybe in another sense, I, I do understand, obviously, that that's what they should do. And it was interesting because you just mentioned that, but I did hear um, that purposely the away fans summer to Newcastle were put higher up uh, they were drowned out a lot so the noise wasn't there and it was all staged it was all kind of set up from from an Atletico Madrid point of view um but but I also feel as well I think the game I think the game situation that, that the boys were in there I kind of forgive them a little bit because I think there was a lot going on um in in terms of in, in terms of what was happening around them and what they'd achieved etc cetera, etc cetera. so I do I do kind of excuse me in a little bit, but I also think that it should be a given that you make some sort of acknowledgement there to the supporters, definitely.
0: What do you think, Dave? I mean, you've been a player. You appreciated the fans, didn't
1: you? I agree 100% that uh, you've played away, you've done that, and I think we've played away the, the, the round before. When you've won, you go over to the fans. They even go over to the fans when they've won at home. So... They should appreciate when you've played away from home with a result like that, they've got to go to the away fans, to your fans and say, hey, well done. Don't want to go to the away fans and antagonize them. Fair enough, because they did it to you. So you can do it to them. And 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 we know what's happened down the tunnel afterwards. There was a lot of uh, a little bit of a oop ba oop ba oop ba. Because they, you know, they they didn't like us getting beat. And that is their team. Atletico Madrid, make that stadium in a cold room that you are going to be intimidated so when you win let's enjoy it you go over to your family you say in you, you you've got to say hello now i don't know about afterwards how you're going to get back or anything like which is obviously going to cause a lot of problems because of uh, the intimidation of being man city city fans so we as players wouldn't know that, but at the same time, we've just won. We're gonna go over and say, "Well done, lads! Thank you for your support." Boom, and I, uh, I'm totally hundred percent of that. They should do that every time.
0: Absolutely. Well, then, then we move on to Liverpool game. The other thing that upset me in the last few days is the when the minute silence was started. I don't think it was ever a minute actually, but when the minute silence was started for commemoration of the Hillsborough disaster, um, there was a section of City fans who started singing City songs. Now, I've seen this excused by some people as they didn't realise the referee had blown his whistle. Now, you know, you can be one of those who wants to make an excuse, but anybody with a brain can see that that was deliberate chanting. Not by all of the City fans, not by a long way, but by a sizable group of them. Um The PA announced it, the players were all stood in the centre circle. Everybody knew what was going on. And the Liverpool fans then started booing very loudly. I spoke to my wife watched the game on TV, and she, she said she wasn't really aware of what I'm telling her now, but I was in the stadium, and I saw what happened, and, and I felt very let down uh, by the lack of respect. Now, you know, I know it's a very emotive subject, and lots of people have views on it, but whatever your views are, you, you, the word respect is the key bit, isn't it? I mean, you know, I was I was in the press box again, working, but, you know, I stood up in the press box and paid my respects, Did that bother you, Tony, as a City fan? Because when City played United, um, we remember 50 years after the terrible Munich disaster, uh, they called us the impeccable fans, the impeccable derby. Perfect that day. But it was was spoiled by what happened at Wembley, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Um, I I don't think there's any room for that at all. I just think that... um, And I think we've gone away from the minute silence now. And I think that whenever... I mean, I've been in the ground many times away and, and at home sort of thing. And, and, and obviously it's that airy silence um, and you can hear the people as we used to with the old ground, not so much now, but you could hear the the, uh, the turnstiles being moved and stuff like that. And it it was you were kind of just waiting really sort of just pleased, you know, just keep it nice and quiet and so on. But they seem to have gone away from that now. And then they tend to have the minutes of applause, which I kind of think is, is a way of kind of drowning out that possibility that that somebody's going to ruin it but yeah I, I agree totally that there's no there's no need for it at all um you know in in, in whatever circumstances and and i think as we've said before i think from a from the two clubs i think there's a lot of respect and and it's a shame that obviously that the minority and i think you said that then did you it was a minority that that decided to spoil it
0: yeah it was only a minority but it mm. was a sizable minority yeah of course it was enough yeah, yeah, to be yeah. properly heard yeah. dave have you got a view on that
1: My view on it is uh, totally different because uh, I was playing at Sheffield Wednesday at the time, so I was at the club when it happened, so I had access to everything next day, the bars being broken, what happened, everything about it. So I have a little more of an insight to it uh, because I was injured, so I had to go in the gym and... Obviously the, the audience are being carried as structures. So I've got a bit more of an insight to it than most most people. And it's, it is bad news that people boo to it. And it's, because uh, some people know, they think they know what's going on. I know a little bit more than everybody else because of obviously being at the club at the time, and I don't, you know, whatever I say, I've got to watch what I say because I know a little bit more. You know, you understand? So, um, but it is not nice it's, it was a disaster which was uh, should have been uh, how I always say it. I played there in 1987 against Leeds and they put the kickoff back half an hour three years later same crowd and they carried on they could have done the same thing so I have my points and views on that because they could have put the kickoff I know half an hour back it doesn't matter because we've always done it in the years but uh, it is a bit in wrong you know how Liverpool are and now my city are and people like to get one over on them in ways of the, the chant their noises in the sense of like oh yeah yeah this and that and whatever but um, it is a bit insensitive.
0: I mean, I, I, I relate perfectly to what you're saying there, Dave, about you being at Sheffield Wednesday and, and being having a little bit more of an insight into everything because of of your personal experience. And the only way I can compare that is that um, just before the 50th anniversary in that impeccable derby that we talked about, when Ben Gianni um, yeah. scored the winner, I think it was, um, in the 2-1 win, uh, I was sent to Munich to... Um, with Bolton Wanderers when they played Bayern Munich and the reason I was sent was because I can speak German and I actually went to the place where the plane came down and yeah. interviewed the, a farmer actually who was in the it was it was the, one of the first people if not the first person to arrive on the scene when the the plane came down and he he, he described it very vividly to me. I, I mean, I'm a City fan. So when when you've been there and had that experience and met right. somebody like that, your view of it is, I wasn't there at the time, of course, but your emotional view of it, which is what you're talking about there, is very, very different. And yeah. you, you automatically pay respect far stronger. Now, is the problem... Is it younger City fans that are doing this? I mean, I've noticed in the away end that there's a growing number of younger fans. I have no problem with younger fans, uh, per se, but I'm not sure that, that they have the same level of respect. Maybe these things are too distant to them. Is is that a factor?
1: I think it's it's history, isn't it? This it's goes down mm. from history. like Liverpool, Man United, they don't like each other because they don't deal with each other. Man City, Derby's. Uh, and and it goes back years and years. But when you talk about people dying and and disasters, that's a different different uh, perspective, and that's where fans should take on on board. But that is brought down by obviously the the, the dads, the mums, the granddads, etc. It's and they carry on and they they think by having a go at the team or at the players might. Have one over on them, but sometimes it fires them, you know, it makes them say they want to win this game now because of what happened before. So it's it's a lot of things, but at the same time, it's, I would dive down because of uh, it's between the clubs and uh, how they represent themselves and how they carry themselves. And, and that's what I carry on because it, it is carried on from what granddads, dads, everything, you know that through, through Man City. We know that from the, the derby, uh, uh, the way we got to play Man United, we've got to win that game. No matter how we do it, we've got to win it. And if we can get an advantage and say, oh, what happened in the Munich disaster, we will do that. And fans will do that. Regardless of the respect they should be showing, they will think that they can get one over on Man United. They will do.
0: Well, moving on to the game itself. Um, uh, again, before before the match, Pep was asked at the press conference uh, who was going to play in goal. Would it be Zach Stefan? And he didn't answer it directly. He said he would. Um, and this is an interesting. Now that we know what's happened, he said he would let his medics make the decision. Which said to me, I may be reading this wrong, that he wanted to play Edison, and that maybe he was told that Edison was fatigued. Now, I find a goalkeeper being fatigued, frankly, a little bit <laughs> stunning because they don't do much. I mean, I know they make saves. i not completely belittling them, but they don't run around like midfielders and other players do. Anyway, he went with Zach Stefan. Uh, we know that Walker and KDB were never going to play in that game. But on the bench, he had Riyad Mahrez, he had Ilkay Gundogan. You know, he, he had other players on the bench who could have started. But he chose to, to go the safety first route. Tony, we've heard what Dave's had to say. What What's your overall view of Zach Stefan, team selection and the fact that a lot of people paid a lot of money to go to this game and came away disappointed because Pep didn't take it seriously. But then the Premier League and the European Cup are more important. So there's a whole yeah. lot of things there, isn't there?
2: Yeah, well, I think they alluded to it right at the beginning uh, when we talked about the FA Cup being the, uh, the you know the prestigious game, the last game of the season. It was something that everybody kind of you know sat down and watched, etc. And obviously things have changed. And in and in and I suppose in in light of that as well, um, the fact that there was other Premier League fixtures going on at the same time, which I found really strange because I've not seen that before. Generally, we get if they kick off later or whatever, but we actually had, you know, Manchester United were playing it exactly that, you know, they were playing at the same time. And Arsenal, yeah, yeah. And I found that, so you had more or less a full programme, didn't we, of those that weren't playing any of the teams that were involved in the, in, in the semi-final. So I found that really, really strange. Um, but in terms of uh, the selection, um, if, if the, um, if the onus wasn't given to Liverpool through, um, obviously these, you um, these set of fans that obviously decided to um, you know, boo and, and obviously make themselves heard and, and obviously against obviously the disaster that happened at Liverpool, then the other onus was the fact that the other thing that we gave Liverpool was when we looked at the side, because as you've just alluded to, Ian, as well, there was better, say better players, there was there was more experienced players on the bench that could play in occasions like that. Um, and if they were injured them I've always said why are they on the bench because you're taking up a space on the bench if you're not going to play so I assume that they weren't injured and that they were on the bench ready ready to come on and I think what we've always said as well and maybe this is a from a fan's point of view and maybe Dave would be able to answer this more is that when a manager uh, picks a side um, uh, to do a job I never understand why we don't play our our best team first and then bring on um, and then take off once we're, once we're in a position where, where we won the game, as opposed to bringing the better players on at a point when they've got to ex- excel more. They've obviously got to put a little bit more effort in. So if they are carrying a knock, then you obviously run the risk of them um, of getting more injured or, or getting injured again. So I, I don't really understand that. Um, so that, for me, gave a little bit of an advantage to, from Liverpool's point of view. I think that the way that Liverpool set themselves up, that they targeted... Uh, from a fullback point of view, they targeted uh, Zinchenko. The targeted Cancelo because again, Cancelo it, it, his game was fairly indifferent. He did he didn't really get forward as much as he would like to. Therefore, he was pinned back a little bit more. Zinchenko's not played that often. Again, you know, I felt he was targeted uh, from that point of view. And I just thought that they just got hold of the game a little bit more in regard of in regards to Zach Stefan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think most of us knew. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't aware of obviously the comments that you just made there, Ian. But I think we, I we knew this as far as I was aware that, that Stefan was going to be the choice because he tends to have played him in in, in cup games and so on. Um, and as much as you can legislate for most things, individual errors you can't. And I think that whilst in games we've always been in games, and even when we've not been playing well, we've not conceded. We've got to a time and then we've turned then we turned it around. Um, and I think that that. that the, the second goal, the third goal for me was obviously the killer um, for me. And, and ultimately, that was, the, that was the, um, the, the goal that ultimately won the game. So I was disappointed that, that once the, the um, Mahrez and one or two other players come on there, we decided to show some a little bit more. And obviously, we got the goal a little bit late. And but that was just one of those things. But I'm not going to take anything away from Liverpool because I thought, you know, at the end of the day, they deserve the win.
0: One more question to you, Tony, on that. I mean, once uh, uh, Grealish got a goal back, as that game went along, and obviously Mares came on and set up the goal for uh, Bernardo, was there any point when you thought City might actually get level and turn it around? Or do you think it was just a case of Liverpool had took off the best players and assumed that they'd won
2: the game? Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's, that's been said, whether they took the foot off the, off the gas or whatever and, and, and realised that. But the fact that we scored... Pretty much straight from you know within the first couple of minutes of the second half, and um, that should have given us the impetus. And I felt that it, 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 in games gone before, that has given us the impetus there. Once we get to the 60th minute mark, and the game is still in the balance, as far as I'm concerned, you know there's, there's a goal in it. So, or two goals in it. Then where was the changes? And I really didn't understand why changes weren't made at that part, at that point. I think when the changes were made, they were made far too late. Now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Pep was one of the advocates of using five substitutions and yet we didn't utilise them so I, I, I found that really strange you know and and I don't often criticise but in games of this magnitude and in certain games he, he does tend to baffle people I think with some of this overthinking uh, and, and, and maybe like you say um, an eye on the game against Brighton on Wednesday, I don't know. Let me ask you
0: this question Dave. Um... Because you can, as an ex-player, you can give us an insight that I can't possibly give. But if I think back to 2011, um, now with hindsight, we look back on that game, and Joe Hart was selected. Uh, not sorry, not that one. The, uh, the 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 Wigan Cup Finals. I got yeah. the wrong Cup Final then. When when City lost to Wigan, uh, which was 2013, was it? Um, uh, the night before, uh, I'm presenting on the radio, and we get wind that. Manuel Pellegrini might be coming in. Uh, sorry, he might be. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get my head right here as <laughs> to the sequence yeah. of the events, but there was Pellegrini was going to come in. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard since that uh, Mancini was told by a delegation. I don't know if this is true, but I've heard it from a few different sources that Joe Hart had to play in the game because Caballero was going to be the goalkeeper. He'd been the Zach Stefan, right, all the way through and that, that, that they insisted that they wanted Joe Hart to play. Joe Hart did play. City lost the game 1-0. Again, with retrospect now, do we look back on that and think the unsettled atmosphere in the dressing room changed the, you know, changed the dynamic and did that lead to City losing? And in the same way, you know, I'm not saying there was any sort of rebellion in the dressing room, but the fact that, you know, Stefan it now makes this mistake... I don't know what parallel I'm trying to draw here, but, um, you know, uh, maybe I'm going down a bit of a, of a dead end with this question. Well,
1: well, but... It's like you're saying about uh, Joe Hart, it all depends if the, the team knows that. He might have kept it to himself and said that he's going to play, so the team don't know that he's going to play, he's just picked his team. Because sometimes your team is picked on the day. Sometimes, uh, in our day, your team sheet was picked up and it had seventeen players and he said, right, from now, he probably gone because of that cup final, said to him, You're playing the next day and not told the rest of the team. So I suppose, I suppose uh, what
0: I'm getting at really is is You know, if there was any sort of, if anybody in the team thought, why we not got, um, you know, Edison in the team today? You know, does that mean we're not going for this? You know, is there sort of any sort of a psychological bleed down into the dressing room when you know that there's hesitation from the manager that could have applied in 2013, and in a different way, it might have applied yesterday.
1: Well, uh, and I said that he would have uh, made a plan because he's made five changes, not one. He's made five.
0: Six, in I think, pers- actually.
1: Yeah. Well, in personnel, how they're going to play, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, obviously, he, he, he's putting out a team that thinks that can win the team. Obviously, we know better because we think he's under uh, 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 second, the second side. Uh, but he's thinking he's putting out a team that he, can win the game, also he's looking after the players who just played a hard game against Atletico Madrid that they might have been a bit bruised and everything like that but at the same time he's got to balance it well and um, and the way the result or the way the game went it looks bad because we never performed it looks bad because the goalkeeper uh, should have done better maybe on the first goal, should have done better on, exactly on the, the second goal and probably um, Edison or would have had the third goal or, or of, you know, uh, and that's why it looks bad because the, these are simple mistakes, which as a, as you're playing a, a club of that level or, or that calibre, you should not be making. And that's how it looks bad. We never performed and they've come across and they've, Give credit to Liverpool. They knew this and they put a strongest side out on the play and they've jumped on it. But we should be better than that. We should be better. We should be up for that. If anything, we're going nil-nil, not done anything, not scored, not had a shot. And then second half, that's up to him. That's up to the manager then to change that. The goalkeeper does what he has to do. If he's not having a good time, fair enough. It's up to the manager to say, hey, it's up to you now. Listen you know, yeah. but he's made simple mistakes, which I highlighted because it's a semi-final of FA Cup. And it's at a club, which are known to be doing better. We've had a great goalkeeper in our replacement who's doing well uh, at the same time. And he's not had a goal at the first goal, which I thought you could have made a better effort for. Uh, the second goal, obviously, is a mistake. And you're playing at that level where you can't give teams of that caliber a two goal start, and then and we're not going the game, we're not doing well, or we're not playing well at the same time. You can't give teams of that caliber a two goal start, and so it's difficult. So now, obviously, he's got he he, he knows that, Pep knows that, the goalkeeper knows that, the players know that, but now it's up to them to gather around. It's all about team. Uh, um, this camaraderie getting together, and let's see us bounce back. We've got hard games to come, and we're going to need that goalkeeper. We're going to need the other players. We're going to need Shishenko. They, obviously, they played on him because he's with his pace and everything. It's about him now coming. Can, can he help us? That tackle, he might win the ball, might drive us on to score a goal. So we need them players now. They've got to stand up to that and say, hey, come on, we're playing for Man City. Not only are they playing for Man City, some of them are playing for their careers because if it don't go right for them this year, they might be shipped off. So they've got to think about themselves too. They've got to think, am I good enough? Uh, does Speck want me? Uh, can I fit into, the, into the, that little puzzle he's got? And I want to be that round right hole fitting in that that round piece fitting in that round right hole. So they've 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 got a lot to think about. They've got a, the next nine years is about characters, about everybody, not only the fans but the players too. You know, standing up to it, saying, "Yes, I want to do that. I made a mistake. Right, come on, let's go and fix it. Right, come on, let's go on. Let's work hard. I might not be, I not be, might not be doing the right thing, but things like." Jésus, when he goes three, if he scores 3-2, game's different. Come on. Now, I've got to say, come on, I want you, you're better than that. You're better than that. I want you should be scoring that. That's, that's the level of, of, like, if you've got a coin in your hand and you turn it over, you drop the coin. No, I don't want you to drop the coin. I want that coin in your hand. that, that You've got to be, if you want to win, that's how you've got to think you 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 want the best of them you want a it 100% it's hard but that's what you want and, 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 and if we want to stay where we are that's you, that's what you got to give
0: Well you might have sort of started to answer my, my last subject which is from now on I mean let, you know, we draw a line at this point under the FA Cup it's gone League Cup's gone went out on penalties at West Ham City are left now with seven league games four at home three away Leeds Wolves and West Ham away that they get, I won't go through the four home games, but the four home games at home. Two legs against Real Madrid, and then either, probably, Liverpool or Villarreal in the final. Having watched the games, these big four games that we knew were coming, the home league game against Liverpool, the two legs against Atletico Madrid, and then this semi, semi-final, um, let me start with you, Tony. Do you feel that you've learned anything? Do you feel more more, less optimistic? Um, you know, is it now, obviously, it's, we know it's in City's hands to win the league, seven victories and they can't be caught. Do you feel confident that City are going to win the league? Do you think City are going to win the Champions League? Do you think the sacrifice, if that's what it was, of the FA Cup is going to pay its dividends in the other competitions?
2: I, I, I mean, you would think that it would make a difference. But again, um it, it I think when you create a consistency and you're winning week in, week out with a set of players, by changing them players, you're kind of saying, right, well, we can we can switch off now. And then what we'll do, we'll pick it up again on on Wednesday and Thursday. And I think probably Dave will echo this as well. It's a bit like in your training sessions. If you don't train at a certain level, you can't expect to turn that level into into match practice, into a match on on, on a Saturday or in in midweek. So that that in a way, we've lost a little bit of impetus there. But if obviously the players have bought into that, because I think what's different now is that players are expected not to play week in, week out. It's expected that certain players will play uh, part of a game now and they accept that they're only going to be playing 20 minutes here or 60 minutes here. Because what the other thing for me would have been interesting, um, because when you're winning, Pep's going to get all the adulations and sorts like And obviously when we lose, um, he, you know, he, he, he takes that on board. But I'm just wondering whether the players have all bought into that, because I can imagine if someone like Maris, someone like KDB, who probably wanted to play that game on Saturday, but they were probably told, and again, I don't know, but they were told that they wouldn't be starting. So how does that go through the team? Because if you think that, well, I could have made a difference, that can affect the players, can't it, in some ways? Um, But I expect, obviously, when we go out on, on Wednesday, but it's not a given. I mean, Brighton have just pulled off two results in the last two weeks, both away from home. I think, against Arsenal and, uh, and Tottenham. So they're going to be no mugs. They've got nothing to play for. Um, so these teams are dangerous in some cases. So I just hope that we're back on the metal for that and that we don't let Saturday's game as a hangover, you know, going into uh, in, in Wednesday's game. But I'm confident that 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 we can win the league uh, because we've been there before with these sort of games before and we, we will take them one by one. Um, but it's not a given. Um, in the same way that you can't predict... That, that Liverpool are going to be in the final, you know, in, in, in that sense, we're going to play Liverpool again, you know, it should be that on, on, on paper, but, uh, you know, you just don't know. So, um, we, th- an old cliche, but we take one game at a time, we go into Wednesday and let us hope that the players have kind of taken what they've done from Saturday and go straight into, into Wednesday.
0: I've said for quite a while now that I think City will win the league and I have no reason to change my mind on that. Um, I do think Real Madrid in the semi finals of the Champions League are a tougher proposition than Atletico Madrid. So I don't think that's a given by any stretch of the imagination. No. Um, Dave, w- you know, just to finish off with, and thanks for your time tonight. Really appreciate it. Um, w- what what do you feel now going into the latter stages of the Premier League and the Champions League? Uh, uh, does that game yesterday make any difference at all? And how do you feel about the, uh, the two?
1: Ma- ma- massive game. Right. As as a, as we talk and everything, how do you think we? As a, I'm trying to chuck try the question back to you now, uh, you can me a question. Um, how do you think you can beat Man City? In but what and and you've seen the games we've played, Tottenham, we have saw the games. How two teams beat Man City? They wait for us to uh, well, I'm answering it really, but uh, counterattack. They've done this. We've developed for five years where we. And uh, pass it, pass it, pass it. And we've had chances to score. We haven't, and they beat us in the counter attack. So, though you think the next seven, eight games is going to be the same. And they're going to be better at it than what they've done in the last time because they've been playing against us for the last five years. So, they're going to be better better set up, like, uh, like you talk about Brighton. They're going to be better set up to counter attack us in more ways than one. If we don't, Capitalise on our chances, or we pass too many times, and, we, 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 and that's what's caught us. That's how teams beat Man City and the I can breakaways. So teams are going to be better set up against us, and they watched us in the last, not this season, the last four years, because that's how strong we've been. So it's up to us to work that extra percent. All he needs, I'm not saying that extra percent, that 1%, to step up our game and make sure this don't happen, because that's the only way we're going to lose this league.
0: Do you feel confident, Dave, is the league title coming back to City again?
1: I'm very, put this way, I'm 90% sure uh, that the league coming, but it's up to the players, about uh, meaning it, it's up to the manager, probably coming in one day saying, hey, let's go and have a little party today, just to relax the players, and then the next day, come in and go working them out. I want to win. You know what I mean? I want to show them I want to win. I want you to win. I want you to tackle back. I want to win. I don't want that guy winning. I want to make sure that if we can't win the game, let's make sure we, we don't lose the game. Let's draw it. That's the mentality we've got to have. And that's what we've got to go into. it. And I think if we have to go into that mentality, because teams are going to... We're going to drug teams on. You know what they're going to do. They're going to try and catch us on the break. But it's up to us. Break them down. Can we score one? Score two? If we score one, we win 1-0 and we lock up shop. Don't matter. That don't matter. It shows the other side of us. And that's what we've got to do. And I think if we can do that and get that into our mentality, the league will come back to us.
0: If Liverpool beat United on Tuesday night, which isn't a, a given... Um, and City are playing Brighton on, on Wednesday and whilst the tech on board what you're saying even a draw is not good enough is it
1: against Brighton Well you know Brighton's going to be a difficult side you know how Brighton are going to do it. they're going to suck us on and you know how City played, play, play one touch two touch two and we'll play around and they'll just wait till they get the breaks and, and we've got to Capitalize if we do do it. If it's the fifty-sixth minute or the seventieth minute or the ninetieth minute, but we've got to make sure that we don't leave the back door open. You know that's how teams have beat us in the past, and that's how teams are going to play, face faces in the past. Real Madrid will be same, and and everything like that. We've got to make sure. But you know how Pep does; he wants to try and win the game all the time, and he's trying to win the game, thinking that um, the more passes we play the tired the opposition will play. No, they'll say they've got to break it down. We made we've we I have played in uh training sessions where we play six against four. They've got to try and break us down and it's never worked so if you've got your team working all right and this is what we've got to do. We've got to shoot more, get at them, try and get on the front foot. Also be aggressive. There's nothing wrong with being aggressive, you know, being nasty. There's nothing wrong with that. You want to win. Hey don't let them come to to, to to um, the Etihad and think that oh, oh this is a nice ground, no get get on front of them and we've got to be set on the foot let's get there and if we can win the game, win the game in the first half and then you can make your change and rest your players, but we've got to, it's up to us, it's how we feel and how we mentally prepare ourselves and I think if we do that which Pep will make sure he's on that uh, and I think 90% of the league will be coming back to us
0: it's been a pleasure, as uh, as always, Dave, to speak to you and listen to what you've had to say. Thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it tonight. Um, uh, obviously, a 1981 FA Cup finalist for City, 1987 FA Cup winner with Coventry against Spurs. And I was lucky enough to be at both games. Um, Tony, thanks very much for your time as well. Uh, Thanks very much to Howard solicitors, they have offices through Greater Manchester and Cheshire, they specialise in areas of law that can affect the individual, so it's likely if you need some help or guidance, then they have someone who can help you. Um, Have a look at their website, Howard's solicitors, with two S's in the middle because that fooled me a little bit when I looked at it the first time, <laughs> Howard's Solicitors. You know, you think that the is just run on howardsolicitors.com. Uh, thanks very much to them for their support. Uh, good people who, who I really appreciate the support of, just like Dave and Tony are tonight, and you for listening as well. So... um Disappointment at the weekend uh, against Liverpool. These things happen. We've seen a lot worse as City fans, haven't we? It's not the the end of the world. And they've got two big, big tournaments to go for. There's no reason at all I don't think City can't win the Premier League and who knows, maybe the Champions League as well. I think we shouldn't just take it for granted that Real Madrid is going to be an easy one. Just for the record, by the way. I'm flying to Barcelona this time, no changes on planes and getting the train then from Barcelona. So it'll still be a bit of a long-winded one, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> so uh, thanks very much, guys. Uh, really appreciate your time. All right, and, cheers, uh, all
1: right. if you care. only remember
0: one thing from this podcast. Remember this. It's great to be a Blue.